Good morning, Northfield Baptist Church. It is so good to be back together again. And to guests who have perhaps joined with us, maybe you heard about uh, this uh, uh, this broadcast and uh, you've come and joined with us. We want to especially welcome you. Glad to have you with us. I know that uh, uh, that we are connecting through this technology, and I'm thankful for it, but I know that an online connection is not the same as being together in flesh and blood. In fact, this past week, uh, it was our daughter's birthday, and so my one son arranged for us to have a, a Zoom family get-together. And so we joined from Columbus and from Akron and from here in Northfield to just spend some time together. But it's not, uh, it's not the same as having everyone home. Uh, we will be home together soon. You know, I really miss our singing together. Uh, I miss uh, hearing the reading of the Word of God together. Uh, I miss our times of praying together. And uh, quite honestly, it's not the same opening the Word of God to you in this pre-recorded format. Uh, but we're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for these tools uh, that are afforded to us to give us some, some sense and some means of connecting with one another. It, it's good for us to be together in this way, but it's not the same. If you're not a part of uh, Northfield Baptist Church, again, I just want to give you a special welcome, and I trust that our time together will be of help and blessing and encouragement to you. Also, to those of you who are watching, I want to invite you to, uh, to interact through the live chat. Um, if you haven't already greeted each other, now might be a good time to do that. And, uh, and throughout, if maybe there's a, there's a thought or a question that comes uh, up related to the message, you certainly can, uh, can put that uh, up there. Also, you'll see that there is um, an option for choosing a live prayer. Uh, if you would like to have a private conversation, a private chat, you can click that and, uh, and one of us will, will be able to engage with you uh, privately. Let me just uh, share a little bit of, of, of quick update and information uh, to you as a church. Um, I want to, uh, again, remind you to be looking for the extra communications that we're trying to send out in these weeks together via email, uh, things on Facebook, uh, through the church website. Uh, so we want to do the best we can to keep you well informed. Also, a reminder to stay in touch with your, with your adult Bible fellowship, uh, with your ministry teams, uh, with the deacons who are there to be of help. I've been really encouraged and have loved hearing the things I've heard even from this past week as you are all reaching out to each other and, and, and staying in touch. Let, let's especially be conscious of those maybe we're not seeing, uh, that we're not having a connection with, and, and reach out and say hi and see how they are doing. Also, I want to remind you that this is a great opportunity to be looking around you for opportunities to, uh, to, to minister to, to neighbors who might be around you. I realize that we're all sort of hunkered down in our, in our houses, but let's, uh, let's have our ears and our eyes open looking for those opportunities. Chances are we may see those increase, actually, as, as the weeks continue. Uh, and then a request uh, to any of you who may have a need. Uh, perhaps there is an errand that someone could run for you, whether it's picking up some groceries, running to a store, picking up some, some meds, whatever that might be. Uh, I want to assure you that we have, a, we have a host of volunteers who are just waiting to be called because uh, we're all finding a little more extra time on our hands and are eager to use it uh, in service to one another. And then also, uh, we want to continue to pray for you, and so you, there are ways in which you can uh, submit those prayer requests, and, and again, you will see those tabs there on your screen, or you can also go to uh, nbclife.info to submit prayer requests and also to find access to our prayer list. 
I want to remind you uh, again to continue your faithful giving. I want to thank you for all that you do and your faithfulness in, in that area. And uh, this uh, is especially for our church members. So if you're listening in as a guest, don't worry about this. But to our church members, you know, the life and the ministry of our church does uh, need to continue to be financially supported. Uh, we have no other outside organizations that send us funds to support the work that God has raised up here in our church. And even though we are not gathering, we've canceled our gatherings, certainly uh, church is not closed and the ministry is not shut down. We are continuing to carry out those things. So we're still supporting our missionaries. Uh, we're still paying staff uh, as they are checking in and are, and are carrying on uh, their duties and responsibilities uh, as they serve here at the church. We're still working on some, some building projects that this is a good time to take care of some of those things while the building uh, is empty. Uh, we're still trying to carry on ministry to, to children and to teens and to our adults. And we are still trusting God to supply for our every need. So even though we are not gathering as we normally do, you can still participate in what is a regular part of our worship services, and that is the, the giving of our tithes and offerings. Uh, you can do that online, and uh, you will actually see there on your screen a button where you could click Donate. Uh, and you can just follow those instructions, uh, and, and that will provide a means for you to be able to give. You can go to the church's website, which is www.northfieldbaptist.org, and through that means uh, you, can, you can give uh, online. You'll, you'll, again, go to the, to the far right of the screen. You'll see an arrow. Click that. There will be a drop-down menu, and you can just follow, uh, follow the directions. You can also go to nbclife.info. And so there are many ways of getting there to, uh, to, to give online. Perhaps you would consider uh, setting up uh, recurring giving. That would be very helpful. Uh, if you're not comfortable doing that, that's fine. You can do what, what some have done and that is to, to mail in your, your, your tithe, your offering, or you can drop it off here at the church because we are here during, during the week. But thank you for your faithful giving to the Lord. And finally, just a, just a real brief word about what's ahead. We will be meeting uh, early this week, probably on Tuesday, to sit down and assess where we are at, see what the latest news is that's being uh, given to us from our state authorities, and uh, be making some decisions about what happens for us after March 31st. So we'll have word to you about that no later than next Sunday. Now, before we, uh, before we go to the word, let me just take a moment and let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for uh, this time that we have to, to meet together uh, remotely and in various places, Lord. It's good that, that we have this audio and visual means of being able to connect, but, but we are most grateful for the fact that we actually are connected by your Holy Spirit your spirit who fills us, who fills this church, and who makes us one in Christ. So might we be united by your spirit, even as we come to this time uh, of instruction and encouragement from, from your word. And Lord, may your word have its way in our lives today. That would be our prayer. For this I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to continue our study in the book of Philippians, which we started not too long ago, in this series that we have entitled, Joy in the Journey. You know, Paul opens his letter to Philippians with probably one of the warmest, most loving greetings you will read anywhere in all of his letters. And as I was reading that again this week, it, I really sensed that, that it expressed my affection for you, the love that I have for you, and the, and the desire and the longing for us want, uh, to be together once again. But Paul wraps up uh, here in Philippians 1 his greeting uh, to these, uh, to these uh, Philippian believers with a prayer for them. 
you know, that's not a bad thing for us to be doing these days. There's, there's lots of talk about what's going on. And I, I know we're talking to each other about all these things that are, that are happening. And perhaps this is a reminder uh, uh, to us to make sure we are taking time to talk to God about all these things. But we're looking this morning at Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And I'd like to read that for you. You can follow along in your scripture. Hey, there's also there on your screen the option to pull down uh, a, a scripture and you can look it up. But Philippians 1, 9 through 11, Paul writes these words. In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, hard times can help us grow up. Uh, adversity has a way of, of ruining our assumption, uh, assumptions and, and rearranging our priorities and sometimes making things clearer to us. We're in one of those times. You know, this past week I, I read an article uh, on the challenges of growing up. And in that article, they gave responses that had been given by, by some of those of the, of the next generation uh, regarding the challenges of growing up. And, and it posed a question, and it was actually a question that I posed to some of our next generation. And, and I was really pleased that some of them responded to that. And here was the question. What's the hardest part of growing up? Well, here are some of the responses that, that came from that article as well as from, a, from some of our own uh, young adults. Here's one of them. Accepting the responsibilities of adulthood. Uh, being responsible for yourself and accepting the fact that, that you do have responsibility for others. Giving up being a kid. There was one that said, uh, letting go. Another response said this, gradually losing the freedom which exists in knowing nothing. I think what they're referring to there is letting go of childish naivety. There was another response that said this, uh, what's the hardest thing about growing up? It's, it's, it's growing up and losing people you thought would always be a part of your life. Uh, friends from high school, friends from college, even family. Uh, friends can go down a bad path and you might have to cut them off sometimes, just distance uh, that gets between uh, old uh, high school friends. College friends might navigate towards a different group and you won't see them anymore. Family members might pass away as they get old. There was another answer to that question that said this, that, it, it, that what's hard is trying to figure out who I am while also meeting the expectations that other people have of me. It's hard to explain my choices to others when I'm not totally sure of myself and it's even harder to live with myself when I'm unhappy with the choices I'm making because of other people. We spend our entire childhood living with other people's rules and expectations. So growing up and figuring out our own boundaries is, is very foreign and difficult, especially when faced with backlash. You know, as I was reading through all, all of those and thinking, I, I hear common themes of, of the difficulty of, of accepting uh, the, the reality of responsibility, of figuring out uh, identity, trying to clarify purpose. You know, Paul's prayer here that I just read is, is about growing up. And, and, and hard times can be times of growing for the followers of Jesus Christ. Difficult times can be times of, of growing up for the church. You know, it, it's easy for our Christianity to, to equal going to a worship service uh, once a week and then maybe, maybe hanging around for, uh, for some Bible study and fellowship afterwards. And then that's it until another week. 
Uh, and if you will, there's a sense in that in which we are depending on someone else for our spiritual nourishment, someone else to provide for our spiritual care. Growing up means taking more responsibility for ourselves. Not, not that we don't need others, because we do. But as we grow up and as we take responsibility for ourselves, we are more ready and able to help take responsibility for others. It's part of growing up. And, it, and it's a grown-up understanding of church. That's what we can learn in these weeks now and these weeks that are ahead. In the book of Philippians, Paul teaches us that there is actually joy in growing up. Not that it's without difficulties, not that there are never doubts or disappointments, but if you want to experience real joy, then you need to grow up. I just read in my quiet time recently from Psalm 21, it said this, Lord, the king finds joy in your strength. How greatly he rejoices in your victory. You give him blessing forever. You cheer him with joy in your presence. For the king relies on the Lord. Through the faithful love of the Most High, he is not shaken. That is a grown-up response to adversity. The growing up that Paul is talking about here is, is growing up to be like Jesus Christ because that is the aim, that is the goal of every believer. I don't know if you ever did this, but I know when our kids were growing up and they, they wanted to see if they were, if they were getting taller, we, would, we made, actually made a little mark on our, on our dining room wall. So they'd go and walk there and, and we'd put a mark and then they might come back uh, you know, sometime later and we'd make another mark to see how they were doing. Were they, were they growing? So imagine for just a moment that, that, that we're going we're gonna to make this, uh, this, this graph, this diagram, and, and Jesus is going to be the standard. And, let, and he's, like, he's like six feet three inches tall and so we mark that there at the at, at the top and then and then it's like like when we were kids we we come up to the, to that wall we make a mark and and then we come up to the to the wall maybe a little bit later you know and we make another mark to see are we are we progressing are we are we growing are we growing up to be like that like that that tall uh, mighty Jesus Christ those measures we're, we're we're marking it all along the way so so have that in your mind as we think of this matter of of, of growing up as we talk about growing up, we're talking about growing up to be like Jesus. Of course, to become like Jesus, you've got to first know him. You've you got to know him in personal relationship, having put your trust in him, having received new life, what the Bible calls new birth. And, and when we receive that new birth, that new life, then, then we can begin this process of growing up. You know, when we do that, spiritual life is automatic when you trust Christ as your Savior. But spiritual growth isn't automatic. And so this prayer is a prayer that, that these believers, that we would grow spiritually. It's a prayer that really essentially is made up of two requests. And so I want to observe those two requests. And then from those requests, we can identify some, some marks of spiritual growth, some, some measures of growing up. So request number one is there in verse, uh, verses 9 through 10a, where, where, where Paul prays that, that our love will abound with knowledge and discernment so that we will be able to approve what is excellent, an abounding and increasing love that, that grows through knowledge and discernment, which then enables us to approve the things that are excellent. That's a description of someone who is growing up. And from that, real quickly, look at, look at three marks uh, of someone who is growing up. Number one, there is grown-up love. Grown-up love. 
Uh, he talks here about a love that abounds, that is, it keeps increasing with time and, and age. It's learning from experience, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. This is a love that we receive from God when we put our trust in Christ. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it is a love that is given to us by God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a love that is modeled for us in in Christ himself. And we're going to see that as we continue our our journey through the book of Philippians. It's, It's a love that is selfless, not selfish. Selfish love is childish. Selfish love looks out for self and protects self and and works to get the the best for self, the biggest for self. I mean, look at all the panic buying that's been going on around us and and people racing off to get get what they want, what they need, and sometimes barreling themselves to the front of the line. This kind of love measures relationships. This childish love measures relationships and and opportunities by, by, you know, what's in this for me? A selfish, childish love is calculated by what will be the maximum benefit for myself. Grown-up love increasingly looks for how to serve rather than how to be served. So these times that we're in are going to present us with many opportunities to serve and so many opportunities for us to grow in this love. So so grown-up love. A second measure that comes out of this request is grown-up thinking. Grown-up thinking. Grown-up thinking is is rooted in this text in in knowledge. That that word for knowledge, it's actually a word that has the idea of full knowledge. And it refers to the knowledge of God that is revealed to us through Jesus Christ and that is lived out in our experience. It's the full knowledge, if you will, of God's big story, the the big story of redemption. See, this grown-up knowledge doesn't necessarily mean being able to, to ace a Bible exam with a 100%. It doesn't necessarily mean being able to quote the most verses. It doesn't mean being able to give the longest, most detailed answer to a Bible study question. No, not that those things are important to, to know the scriptures. But that's not, that's not what full knowledge is, because full knowledge here is more than having Bible information. That This full knowledge is about the redemptive story of the Bible. And so, and so as we come to this full knowledge, if you will, God's story is the one that begins to supersede your story. And rather than looking at everything that's going on in your life only through your lens, you begin to see yourself and to see your life and to see your story through the lens of, of God's bigger story. <clears throat> that's what we mean by this, by this full knowledge. Grown-up thinking puts the pieces of, of Scripture together and helps to us to understand that bigger picture of life and our place in that. You know, there's a grown-up question, one of the fundamental questions uh, of existence, which is this, who am I? Th- this knowledge for which Paul prays answers that question. As we've often sung together in our worship times, bottom line is, I am who you say I am, God. And that we find in the word of God. So this, this grown-up thinking based on this knowledge. But grown-up thinking, Paul says, it's demonstrated in discernment. This is a word for perception and, and for understanding. This is taking that knowledge and, and bringing it into any given situation of life. I, I like the term uh, situational awareness, which is knowing what to say and how to say it in a helpful and wise way in any particular situation. 
you know people, I'm sure, who know things, and they want you to know how much they know. And they have the tendency to communicate that in superior and condescending attitudes. What they are demonstrating in that is maybe some kind of knowledge, but they are demonstrating no discernment. No discernment. There is inherent in this term the idea of a tactfulness. Children will often just blurt out what they're thinking. And yes, we often think it's cute uh, and, and that their honesty is refreshing because so often we abandon honesty. But this discernment here uh, isn't a matter of being less honest. It's thinking with perception and wisdom in how it expresses its thoughts. It's, it's really quite the opposite of what you will find on social media. So grown-up thinking, grown-up thinking is, is another measure uh, of growing up. Well, then there are grown-up decisions. Th this, this knowledge and this discernment develop our love, which then gives us the ability to, what Paul says, approve those things that are excellent. To approve something is to, is to put it to the test. And when you're trying to figure out what's excellent, you're, you're seeking to distinguish between two things. And then trying to determine, this is going a little bit farther, trying to determine which is the, which is the better, which of these two things is, is best. So it's not just a matter of making acceptable decisions, which sometimes we do, and, and quite honestly can be maybe a more adolescent approach to decision making. No, this is seeking to make the very best decisions we know based on what we've come to learn from God and from his word and its application to our lives. So here we are right now facing a new set of circumstances impacting every dimension of our lives. What do we do? How do we think about this? How do we react? What should we be doing? Um, maybe you're facing a situation with your spouse, uh, with a child, with a parent, with a coworker, maybe there's a, a health situation before you, uh, employment uncertainty, you can name it. How do you respond to that? What should you do? Grown-up decisions seek the best. Seek the best according to God's standard. So out of that first request, these three marks of growing up, there's grown-up love, grown-up thinking, and grown-up decisions. But, but Paul goes on, and, and he gives us a second request there in, in, in verses 10b through 11, and it's this. He, he prays that we will be pure and blameless, ready for Christ's return, and filled with the fruits of righteousness so that God will receive the glory and praise. So, so living a pure and blameless life you know, that, that's looking for and that's ready for the return of Jesus Christ, and thus a life that's filled with the good things that God wants to do so that in the end of it all, in the end of it all, God receives glory and honor and praise. That is grown-up living. Now, look from this request. There's, there's, there's three more measures, if you will, of growing up that we can, that we can observe out of, this, out of this request. First of all, another measure is grown-up behavior. Paul talks here about behavior that is, that is pure, these are actions that are sincere, actions in which nothing is hidden, actions that are not a matter of, of pretending. Pure behavior, pure behavior isn't, isn't coming into a worship service on Sunday with, your, with your, your best, most spiritual face put on while the night before, Saturday night, you were out living a completely different way. That, that, that's not what this is referring to. 
pure, pure behavior that, that's blameless. This is the kind of behavior that doesn't cause people to stumble, that, that, that doesn't trip them up, that, that, if you will, the kind of behavior that doesn't lead others down wrong pathways. That This is one whose behavior influ- influences others to do what is right and to avoid what is wrong. That's grown-up behavior. Now, with all apologies to Generation Z, it's actually quite the opposite of, of, of what some of your peer group demonstrated in, this, in the mass gatherings on the beaches of Florida this past week. Uh, they, they were convinced that they're, they're not at risk in this pandemic, and they did not want their supreme desire to be denied, which was what? To party. Uh, to, to get drunk. These are their own quotes. One, one said, I can't think of a better place to die than lying out on the beach. The mayor of Miami Beach expressed some frustration and shock at the, at the amount to which the, the degree to which these young people seem to care less about what was going on. <laughs> Here's what he said. He said, they think the coronavirus is some kind of singing band. That's not grown-up behavior. It's childish. Love that abounds in knowledge and discernment and approves what is excellent will result in grown-up behavior. It's behaving like Jesus. And then there's, a, there's a, another mark here out of this, what I would call grown-up accomplishments. These are accomplishments that are filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Righteous accomplishments. We're told in the scriptures that as followers of Jesus, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is what he wants us to accomplish. He talks here, he used that term, the fruit of righteousness. That's a reminder of the Holy Spirit's work. Because these, are, these accomplishments in, in the long run, these are not what we do for God. But these, as Paul says, they come through Jesus Christ. So it's not what we do for God. Rather, it's what Jesus does through us. Paul puts it this way later on in Philippians. To live is Christ. So grown-up accomplishments. Not giving our lives over to just playing games and achieving the good life and reaching the pinnacle of, of our career, amassing some kind of fortune, accomplishing everything on the bucket list. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. fruits of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ. And then he also says, these are accomplishments that anticipate the day of Christ. He is referring there to what we call the consummation of all things, the return of our Savior Jesus Christ. You know, there's another grown-up question that at some point we need to ask, and it's this. Where is everything headed? Where is everything headed? The answer to that question shapes how we live right now. And Paul's answer is in that phrase, the day of Christ. This is the consummation of all things, where, where it's all headed, which means life is not a meaningless, repeated circle. It's moving in the direction of God. There's a day of accountability coming when we will answer to him for the lives that we have lived, for what we have done with this precious gift of life that he has given to us. But you know that that phrase, day of Christ, reminds us of this, that that what we are looking towards and and what what directs uh, what we are seeking to accomplish is the fact that when Christ returns, when that day comes, we will receive our prize. And you know what our prize is, according to the scriptures? Our prize is Christ himself. The day of Christ, we will be with him. The day of Christ, 
He will be with us. The day of Christ, he will be our prize. He will be our reward. He will be our joy. So grown-up accomplishments have the right end in view. They're not just about immediate gratification like a child. And then, finally, another mark that comes out of this is what I'd call grown-up purpose. Here's another grown-up question. Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? You and I exist for one overarching reason that supersedes everything else. And it's in that phrase that Paul has there, which is this, the glory and praise of God. If you miss that, you will have missed the very reason for your existence. You know, it's hard to give up the childish notion that you are the center of the universe. But you're not. One of the respondents to that, that, that opening question, you know, what's the hardest thing about growing up? One respondent said this, and I'm quoting, it's realizing your independence. When you were a kid, there was always someone to take care of you hear you, see you. You were basically the center of the universe. As you grow up, you are no longer the center of the universe. And giving that spot away is such a weird emotion. We always strive to be as independent as possible, but always with someone as the onlooker. Growing up is hard when your parents don't think it's a big deal being away from you. When you're no longer the first one to get your present. When you have to cook your own lunch. The world can become such a lonely place suddenly with you now having to decide your center of the universe and no longer be it for other people. Grown-up purpose believes and trusts that God is the center of it all and that it all exists for his honor, for his glory, and for his praise. So out of that second request, these measures of growing up, grown-up behavior, grown-up accomplishments, and grown-up purpose. Today, God's providence is inviting us to grow up. You know, let me, let me just give an honest confession here. Grown-ups may be responsible um, for, if you will, the reluctance of, of, of a younger generation to, to grow up because, because we can sure make being grown up look boring, lack passion, like, like you lose creativity, like, like there's no sense of anticipation anymore. Maybe that's why we, we've got a generation that's not all that, e- e- all that eager to grow up. As they watch us, it does not look at all exciting. But you know what? There's joy in growing up. The pathway to joy, even in troubled times, is to grow up in Jesus. Only then will you realize that he's got you, that you're safe, and that your life really does matter. That that in him and because of him, your life will count and you will reach the goal of becoming like Jesus Christ, of growing up into the fullness of that stature of who he is. So let's pray for each other like Paul prayed for these Christians. Let's pray that we might grow up into Christ in our individual lives. Let's pray that we might grow up in Christ as a church. Let me pray with you. Father, help us, I pray, 
to, to grow up in Christ our Savior. To, to have this grown-up love that abounds in, in knowledge and discernment, that, that, that this, this love and this knowledge and this, this discernment, which lead us to be able to make wise and, and good decisions, approving the things that are excellent, that we might have grown-up behavior, and, and, and which results in grown-up accomplishments, all directed towards the accomplishment and the achievement of a grown-up purpose. How we need you, how we need Christ, how we need your spirit. So Lord, in these days, help us to grow up and help us to see the depth of joy that can be ours as we grow up. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to remind you, as we've been watching and, and listening to these things, that, that if you'd like to just interact even right now, you can click on that live prayer for a, a private conversation. Uh, you can contact us through that that contact button you will also see on your screen and, and you can submit whatever question request you might have and it'll it'll come to one of us and we will follow up on that. Or if you want, we're going to hang around for just a little while longer here on live chat and we'd be more than happy to interact on, on things that maybe the Lord has really impressed upon your heart as we have shared together from God's word. But we're here for you. We are praying for you. And I can't wait to be back together again. Let me just pray this benediction over you. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.